0: Welcome to Life in the Music Business, a masterclass with Professor Pooch and your host, Bass Face. Hey, how's it going,
1: everybody? Welcome back to Life in the Music Business with Professor Pooch. What's going on, Pooch?
0: We've both been going crazy all day long, and this is another one of our midnight shows, and... Uh, oh. We have their own things and then they flow together sometimes and just everything just runs together with so many things in the industry. One of the things, oh God, I did mention that last time. Okay. One of the things that gets me is that, you know, when people pay me something, I give them a receipt and they look at me kind of funny. You know, a lot of them, you know, the business people though, uh, do you have a receipt or they'll ask me for a receipt? And, you know, I'll give them, you know, I always give receipts. It's just, I attach it kind of a thing, you know, and I say, thank you. Just scroll down a little, there's the receipt. But why am I bringing this up? Is that there's two kinds of records. There's the records that's been, and there's the records that keep you in business safely and stuff like that. And people don't understand that when I give them a receipt, I'm a tax write off If they buy anything from me, you know, contracts or uh, whatever, guidance, whatever, it's a tax write-off. Yeah. And the key to thinking of it is, and then I'm gonna give you a quiz, uh, the thinking of it is anything that could possibly be related to your career. And that includes music business. And hey, you still need a video camera. These are things that you can write off for taxes. It comes out of the money you earn. So it helps you out. The thing is you gotta, it does just um, take some work sometimes and try to get a receipt for, for everything, that anything related. And we're gonna go through a list here for a couple of minutes, but uh, just, it's you want to start keeping these business records if you can't get a receipt and you spent something that had to do something with the list we'll get through uh then write it down the date how much you spent where you spent it or whatever nowadays most stuff's done online anyway so uh, i
1: have all my online banking so i'm able to just send my uh my whole you know what i mean that would yep. be my accountant.
0: All right, Here, here's. Uh, I'm going to go with you. Start naming things that you, you know, think about writing off.
1: I mean, there's so many things. I mean, I, we can start with just the normal necessities. You could
0: start with category. We can do it in categories. Oh, yeah, yeah. I was going to say <laughs> so like
1: food, travel, stay, uh, equipment. All right, stop,
0: stop, stop, stop. Food travel, if it's between your place and a gig, you know, or you're at a business lunch. Oh my God, they got that in the back of the taxes. The, the two, more they call it the two martini lunch or whatever for business folks. But it's, as long as it's a business meeting, you can write off a certain amount. But keep extra track, you know, it, it's not, there's no way to be specific, only an accountant, because the tax law has changed yearly. But there's so many things you can write off. Okay, so you went through, uh, you know, the food, travel, and stuff. And then you said equipment. And what goes with equipment?
1: I mean, uh, equipment, there could be...
0: Well, well first of all, let me go from another direction. Insurance.
1: Yeah, I, I literally was just saying insurance. I was really saying it.
0: <laughs> yeah i mean because i was like
1: plan and i didn't know how to say it.
0: yeah i mean you just never know and there's travel insurance there are companies that do handle musicians insurance whether it's in your place or it's it, but it's under professional equipment it's not your whole house it's your equipment and if you take it with you and stuff like that uh, that's where insurance companies coming very handy all right. What else can you write off?
1: You can write off clothes, probably. I mean,
0: uh, clothes that are used for on stage or on camera. Yes. All
1: right. And then um, I said, stay like if you're like for me, for instance, like if I go and I get a hotel and. um Yeah,
0: see, and you're living that and experiencing that, which is important. And that's good because let's say you. Uh, hire this producer and come, and you, you get him into town and he's staying at a hotel and you're paying for his food, you're paying for this. Everything you pay for that producer coming for those recording sessions, get a receipt, you know. That's why things are good under contract because contract should on those kinds of things say how much money that producer's getting for this or that or whatever. You can get into all kinds of things like that. All right. Let's, let's just go through a couple other different kinds of things. Obviously, any piece of recording equipment that you buy. Mm-hmm. If you're in the music industry, anything. It could be a guitar, a microphone. I'm just looking what's in here. Keyboards, uh, programs, computer programs you use. Okay. Uh, anything to do with an, an upkeep for your computer. You might have to print out lyric sheets. You need to you can write off a printer. You can write off the ink that you buy for the printer. Are you seeing where this is going? Yes. There's
1: it's a lot of things you can write off.
0: Yes. there. As long as it just make sure it's related. If you're not sure of something, just put, write it down and let your accountant say, hmm, because some of those accounts are pretty creative too <laughs> of how it can be done and stuff like that. Yeah. But, you know, that's why... I learned, and this might be making an easy way for other people with receipts. Luckily, a lot of stuff on the computer and stuff, like I get a lot of stuff just printed out with how much I made, all that stuff. But I got this, I always put a box like this next to me and right right, right on the table that's that way. And Anytime I get any receipt, I just throw it in. So, this way I'm not losing it because I used to put one here, one there, you know, all goes in the box. At the end of the year, I go through the box, put them in order, say, oh, this is important paper, but it's nothing to do with taxes, but, but it's still important. I put anything important into this stupid little box next to me. I've been doing it for years. Uh, it just.
1: That's a good way, actually.
0: It's real simple. That's the point, you know, does, that, you know, of course you want to, if you want to keep Excel sheets and all that stuff, that's great, but you need the printed receipts on some things and, uh, or like I get receipts from, from PayPal, because a lot of people will, well, most people pay me through PayPal. So I get my whole tax thing. Basically at the end of the year, I print it out and that's everything. And then you give it to the accountant.
1: That's it. You gotta pay taxes, it's important, but also knowing how uh, to not pay as much. I mean, all those write-offs—they basically get rid of whatever you owe, right?
0: Yeah. Well, it it could theoretically it could. Yes. By the way, one thing that's it's just see, it's different things with different businesses, and the music business. A lot of what we do, product-wise, and everything. At one time, there's a lot of physical product. We had to store it. We had to do things like that. But now everything's digital. So, the, you know, you don't have to like getting to this point. You don't have to have inventory. My wife owned a store. She had to have inventory to sell. Nowadays, you know, you can get print on demand. So you don't even have to own, you know, remember you used to have to, well, we did, <laughs> Yeah, makeup t-shirts have put out a lot of money and stuff. Now, a lot of things like shirts and hoodies and all kinds of things, glasses, posters, are print on demand. So you don't have to, the cost of printing stuff up and then the cost of them holding it in their uh, warehouses and stuff, it's print on demand, done, out, shipped. You know, which that's one thing I love about the nowadays thing, I mean, I don't want to go through with merchandise kind of stuff, going through all those st- old steps. You know, you got to find somebody could do this. You could do that, you know, right now you just get the design you want from whomever and then put it out there, uh, just print on demand. Yeah, it'll cost you, you won't make as much money folks. At the same point, you have no hassle because they ship it, put your money in your bank account. <laughs> you know, that's simple.
1: Yeah, exactly. A lot of that stuff is very tedious, too. Very, very oh tedious. So it's almost, it's almost easier than... I mean, if you get 100 packages, I mean, you could be sitting there all day just printing labels and putting them on the packages, you know?
0: It's just not that. Where are you going to keep all this stuff? <laughs> you yeah, know sure. what I mean? It, it takes... You know, so there are some advantages with uh, the, all the business kinds of stuff with um, with the music industry. It's just important to keep in mind. It just get receipts for everything you do that has anything to do with the music industry and or related industries, things you need. Like, I mean, you you need a computer, you need paper to write on, you need, you might need sheet music to write on. You might need sheet music as a band. I mean, all these things, just use your imagination and uh, let us know what a, you know, what we missed or something, but it's it's just so wide. It's so wide and stuff like that.
1: There's so many different parts of the process of being in the music industry. So, I mean, you, like Poot said, you can, you can think outside the box of what would be classified as a write-off, you know what I mean? But I mean, I know a lot of people that buy equipment, buy different plugins and buy different things that are gonna build their business up to be able to use as a write-off basically.
0: Yeah. Now, look, you can't keep losing money every year or they're going to get suspicious. You do have to work hard and make enough money. And then it's, it's easy to deduct. But, you know, you have to plan on getting the habit of it. So you plan on when you do make money, you're already stuff like that.
1: And that's why you need the contracts and you need to set everything up with the organizations that are necessary to be able to get paid properly.
0: Oh, yeah, it's a, it is a path. It just get it over and done with, you know, like my money goes into like, for example, PayPal and PayPal puts it in this bank account. Once you set all this kinds of stuff up, it's fine. uh, Exchange wants a bank place to uh, put, you know, deposit your money directly. Amazon deposits the money directly. You know, that's, I mean, it makes it easier because then you have printed records because it's on the bank stuff. Here's an interesting question for you. Do you need to pay taxes on royalties? Do you need to pay taxes on royalties? Which, which direction should we go? Royalties is income. Let's keep it real simple. Royalties are income. Yes, you have to pay money on royalties. You know, but what you can do is write, o- write it off from different other angles. That's why these receipts are important. You know, uh, it sounds funny, but it's almost like uh, that guitar you, you bought is going to f- cross out some of these royalties I'm getting so that the IRS doesn't get all my money. Mm. Yeah, of course, any form of income is taxable. Unless you're a nonprofit, and I'm not going into that kinds of stuff yeah,
1: today. That's too complex. So,
0: oh that's, my that's God, it. you cannot believe because I'm on several boards, and uh, it's Robert's Rules of Order to the fiftieth extent. And there's so many kinds of conflicts you can get into, and you can't. You know, these a lot of people are business people, and there's a conflict with a nonprofit if you're making money through the nonprofit and you're a board member, things like that. So, I mean, when I'm on boards, I have to stay clear of anything to do with any of that, with that particular organization. Mm. Oh, it, it's a bitch, because I, I was one of those people, along with a couple of lawyers, who designed one just recently for the, the latest board I'm on. And it's it's like nine pages. You know, of possible if there's a conflict, how do you get around the conflict? Conflicts of interest uh, can come up in a lot of different ways, a lot of different subjects. We won't stress on it right now. Um, What's been on your mind lately? I mean, with all the stuff you're going through with, I mean, you were talking about mixing and I don't know if we got that on tape or not but about mixing and just your ears need a break sometimes.
1: Yeah. My conflict recently is um, for the people that are watching the videos, you could see that how I had all this entire room outfitted with panels that uh, acoustically absorb everything that is a no-no in this room. But for me, it's like, it's always been throughout time that it takes me at least six months when I move to a new area or a new studio room or something to be able to get used to it and understand it like the back of my hand. So Um, testing out my mixes and going back and forth to my car has been a really, um, consistent thing, but unfortunately due to, due to unfortunate circumstances, I currently do not have my car, so I can't (laughs) test my mixes, but I do have music that's going to be released within the next week. So I've just been going back and forth and just.
0: My thing is I'd rather, if I'm in the position and my name's on a product, I'd rather wait an extra couple of days before putting something out if it ain't right.
1: Agreed. I mean, that's how I am. I like being patient with it because there's really no All
0: you have in the music industry is your name and everything's under your name. And when you put out product, you want it to be the best product you can put out. But man, it's like you, 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 if you do tons of mixes on the same song, Or just, while you're working on the same song, you're hearing it while you're putting the track together and stuff like that. After a while, you've heard it too many times. Yeah. Sometimes what you have to do, believe it or not, and I've had people do this, and I know some good mixers who do this, if they do the recording, they might have somebody else do the mix with them. Because you've heard the song too many times. You hear the words when you don't hear the words. You know, it's just... You need that
1: outside perspective sometimes the mixes mixing is probably the most difficult thing that can be done with a song i mean besides writing it and and choosing that type of stuff the mixing is like the hardest thing to master ever the thing that i see with majority of the people that i've worked with is the mixing is always the most
0: difficult that's that's the thing my thing to a lot of people if you're the recording engineer has somebody else mix it. <laughs> you know you just heard it too many damn times. And, you know, it, it, that doesn't say you don't take a, a try at that mix, but also let somebody else try it too.
1: Yeah. Could be worth it. Could it
0: get I mean. different. It could be better. It could be worse. Yeah. Because you know, they're going to do what their style is. It, you know, a mixer should not be biased to any one style or against anyone's style, whatever you want to put it. Uh, They should be open-minded and letting it go where it goes. How do you bring out each instrument and the sound? By the way, you know what uh, Mike Tarsha does? If he has a client he doesn't know or whatever, somebody new or something like that, and, or they want a different kind of sound, he says, look, give me a couple recordings, show me where I can get a couple recordings and that of the kind of sound you like you know i could you know see if it's close if it's far if it's depth if it's you know what kind of sound are you looking for and he'll keep that in mind while he's mixing and then and then he does what i always did i kick everybody out when i'm doing a mix the beginnings of the mix let me get it all straightened out and then yeah. When it's almost there, I'll say, yeah, come on in. Or, you know, you ready to come over and you want to hear it? Or in those days, you know, if you couldn't send it digitally. Digitally now, you know, no problem.
1: Yeah, I mean, there's so many things that have to happen that are like meticulous. Like I always cut out certain frequencies and do this and do that. And when I have somebody in the room, they're over my shoulder. They're just like, oh, no, why are you doing that? Oh, why are you doing this? It's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I didn't even or start.
0: Nine, nine, nine. Yeah, see, the point is, I don't want anybody in the room... Part of it is I don't want to hear any thinking. It's just even if they don't say anything, I still feel, the, uh, you know, I just heal, see their minds racing, especially if it's somebody new to recording. OK, their minds are racing too hard. They need to, to step back, let the engineer do what they do. Then when they get it close, listen to it. But of course, the artist or whomever the producer is should have a say. Of course, of course,
1: because, I mean, in the end, it's they, they have a hand in the product, you know, and
0: well, the, the, the final answer comes to who paid for the product.
1: Yeah, true. But I also I also see I, I've met a lot of engineers that are really like, I'm going to make the mix how I want it. I don't care about your input, especially if you don't have credibility. And I don't necessarily agree with that because that's very limiting.
0: Yeah, it's like managers it's like producers, like any kinds of people. There's three different kinds but we'll keep it with producing or engineering, either one, okay? One is, you do what I tell you to do, 180 degrees. What do you want me to do? The middle, you work together. You know? you yeah, you have your ideas, yeah. I, I, I was saying at the, uh, the other show, I mean, I'd sit down on my keyboard workstation or something and uh, sampler, et cetera, and uh, I always were able to find out something that I liked that I thought fit and what they liked and I made it work between the two and we compromised to whatever that we were both happy.
1: Yeah, I do the same thing. It takes an
0: attitude.
1: Yeah, I I like that way better too because a lot of the times if I'm, I could be making something and if I was to say, hey, listen, I'm gonna make what I feel and I don't care what you think, then it's like i could be sitting here working on something for two hours and they haven't they, they're completely uninterested you know so i'd like to go back and forth hey what do you think of this what do you think of that
0: yeah i mean if i was engineering i would be certain things okay if, how about a grittier bass sound you know and then make it gritty or whatever so um yeah and where were we uh producing the yeah. yeah well no we're just talking about a lot of different things but
1: um one thing i think is uh, super super important to really cover that i don't think we really have when it comes to this type of stuff musically is you're referencing monitors or how you're listening to your music <laughs> that i feel like that's huge nowadays because you could take the same song and listen to it on seven eight different pairs of
0: everyone um, to be different
1: you, i mean you could listen to them on uh, eight different pairs of monitors and each one has its own distinct sound so it's like it's not necessarily the speaker that matters. It's really how you hear and perceive those monitors and whether are using headphones or et cetera, et cetera.
0: All right, you gave me a bunch of topics, but I'm just gonna hit the main thing that drives me crazy. And it's happened to so many people, the first time they ever been in a studio, they wanna hear it through the big gigantic speakers. Yep. Those big monsters. And that bass is booming and they take it home and there's no bass. (laughs) That happened so many times through the years. It's one of those things, you know, you gotta listen to it through multiple speakers. When I was at Studio Four's Rough House, they make all the recordings there and stuff like that. They still mix it the old fashioned way. Yeah, you do a mixing on a, of course, they had a good board and stuff like that. You check out different speakers. You also take out this little nineteen sixties transistor mono radio. Sigma used to do that. A lot of the majors do. You play it through a mono, tiny, you know, transistor radio. It should sound good. Another thing, and another very simple thing is, listen to it when you're mixing at se- separate different volumes. It, might sound, it sounds really good high, but maybe something when it's really low, something's missing or something, you know, and different volumes. All right, your turn. You go with your speakers' things.
1: Oh, I mean, I feel that volume is huge. I never listen to anything at full blast. I'll only play full blast if I'm standing in the back of the room and I'm trying to just, just close my eyes and see how it makes me feel. But whenever I'm mixing, I always have it on a low volume to be able to hear everything clearly and then uh, I'll be able to make the proper decisions as opposed to having everything drived up and the reflections in the room are telling me something different. Oh, you have too much of this and too much of that. But really, it's just I'm blasting the speakers and I can't hear. You know what I mean? You get fatigued yeah, yeah. after a while.
0: Yeah. But and another thing is, certain monitors have to be at a certain volume or they don't really work accurately. Uh, that's very true. Ch- major speakers. If you're not pushing 50 to 75 watts, whatever, you know, I, I'm would. i not going to go into all that stuff. If you're not pushing that much, it might not be at a full sound.
1: Agreed. I understand that as well. That's happened to me with uh, I have a pair of passive speakers from the 90s that were my dad's uh, back when he was a recording engineer. And they sat on the side for 20 years. And then when I got into music, I picked them up and i noticed that when at at low volume with them you necessarily don't get the full the the full dynamic range but when you turn them up uh, slightly you're like in between
0: well also you brought up something like headphones now i always when i did mixes i did do a check with headphones basically for the stereo part of it they're right up in your ears yep now Oh, some of the old records, you could hear people talking in, in there. It's very strange listening to good headphones through the old Beatles songs. They're always talking to each other. Uh, where was I? But the, the headphones, yeah, I'll check on it, but I would never go buy a mix on them. I'm, what I'm going to do, let's say I'm recording and then you say doing what you do. If I'm recording myself and I have a studio here, you know, when I think it's right, I'll make a copy or whatever I take it, and put it in my car, you know, just for different speakers and stuff like this. But what I always, because nothing's going to sound like it is in the studio because it's that particular studio. Uh, as an artist, what I learned to do is not even listen to it in the car, take it home. This is, I'm not the producer engineer. Now I'm just the artist. Take the, the recording home and don't listen to it for two days. Hmm. Because there's no way in the world on your system, it's going to sound like those studio monitors, unless you have studio monitors yourself. You know, my thing is try it on all different kinds of speakers because they all sound different. And if they sound good on all, great. I mean, you know, at least they're not going to sound exactly the same, but they still sound good.
1: Yeah, you'll get a good reference and be able to see some things poking out more on some speakers than others. And especially a lot of people walking around nowadays are using AirPods. So even testing your mixes out on those, uh, what the consumer is actually using is really important because you That's may think point. your high end sounds great in the, on the speakers when you're playing it in your room until you put them in your ear. And then it's like, oh, my God, it's piercing, you know?
0: It's a good point. It's a good point. Uh, what's your way of checking out mixes and stuff?
1: well i mean one going through and listening to the mix on many different references i mean i don't really I, I have a few that i really trust like my car my headphones my my monitors i have two sets of monitors so technically four different ways but um that's, I,
0: I, that's good It's better than most people are going to have let's yeah.
1: and, and i mean even then you you could break it down even further and say oh from my phone from my laptop and playing it and walking out of the room you know i mean there's many different ways to hear if uh, how uh, how it actually sounds and sometimes i even uh, i don't like to do this too often but i use reference tracks of like uh, how i wanted the final product to sound so that i can either match the volume level or match the overall tonality of that that record that i like
0: and by the way that's not hard to do if somebody really wants to do it say they like the way sonically the way this song sounds, this other song sounds. What I've seen people do is they they put a frequency analyzer on it, so you know it with frequencies. It's up, it's down, you know, and you know, on EQ and stuff like that. Yep. And then they pull up the song they want it to go to and take that frequency <laughs> stuff to the other thing. Yeah, You know, the, I guess it program. works. If it doesn't, it's worth a try, you
1: know. There's a lot of good programs nowadays that show the uh, visual, the the frequency analyzer of the song that you're listening to so that you can compare and contrast. Isotope, they have some really great software where you can do that as well. And you could even do it just by putting up like a, a EQ that has a frequency analyzer on it and just comparing it to and just seeing, oh, wow, this is more of this curve as opposed to mine, which is more of like, this curve and you know i mean you can see where certain things need to be like you know i mean either leveled out volume wise typically is a lot of the problems well, I, see.
0: I i always had one rule that i found that worked all the time and that is i rolled off everything under 25 hertz yeah i rolled it totally off yep. because a the human being doesn't hear under that, under 20, anyway. They would but, just feel it. But they'll feel it and it could annoy them. I've listened to recordings and I say, Boy, I should be liking this, but something's bothering me and I don't even know what it is. And it's the vibrations. So, because I put it in my car and it's, you know, it was really showing it. Uh, yeah. So I just rolled off under 25. You could you feel it. You can't hear it. Actually, it can make you physically sick. I've known sound people that had troubles for a while, that they didn't know they left a low frequency on, and you know these sound people that went on you know gigs and stuff, and uh, oh God, he wasn't happy for days. Uh, yeah, those frequencies, you feel frequencies too, you know.
1: Yeah, you do, and that's why the the binaural frequency stuff that's on YouTube that you can find that is like uh you can find stuff for meditation for calming for happy for you know, everything everything and there's there's always there's a frequency that that triggers everything and it just it, it, you could just play it close your eyes
0: and you just feel it and it's like wow the, like you, yeah, it, you don't realize what I like is yeah the binaural beats always have to use headphones because it's feeding a different frequency to the left side of the brain and it's feeding to the right side of the brain for what i you know i don't know the physical whatever but they warn you and they also say when you play it on devices like youtube and stuff it screws it up so uh, but uh, there are actually binaural machines you can buy you know physical things i've h- had one many many years ago where you, you know you it, it but it's amazing what sound can do let's put it that way
1: it is incredible, seriously. I mean, I don't know what I would be without music, honestly. It,
0: oh, it, I know. It's well, just it's like, anything bothering me, I go downstairs and I'm maybe making a shake or whatever like that. I turn on the music and I I hit a song or two that I can really feel and it just, whoop, I'm fine again, you know? And <laughs> it just, uh, it clears your head because it gets you moving. It gets you, takes you on that mini vacation.
1: Yeah, It's a really good stress reliever too. like whenever I used to be upset or something, I used to like listen to that, listen to all types of different music that would match my mood at that moment. Cause I made playlists and had all the different stuff that I liked. And it was just, it just calms you, you know, it's just, there's something about it. You just, I can't get away from it.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There's certain there's, I mean, you know, the one I told you about, I think I sent it to you. It's uh, it's on uh, YouTube where it just, you keep it at very low volume. It's alpha waves. You you keep a very low volume, and it just makes you get a lot done. Yeah, it's not to hear. It's just you know, just kind of know it's there. It's very low, and it just keeps moving along and stuff. And for some reason, I get so much more done.
1: Yeah, me too. Oh yeah. When I used to write papers for school, my secret was play my music in the background, and I would get it done. But if I sat there and it was in, I was in silence, I would never be able to work. (laughs) Used to get in trouble in school all the time for that.
0: Well, where I always got in trouble with my wife is I, I want to hear music when I'm going to sleep. You know? Yeah. <laughs> I like sound on and stuff like that. Something on, you know, of some kind of music of some sort. Of course. Of
1: course. I mean, some, uh, one thing I actually do sometimes is listening to like ocean waves mixed with like uh, oh, yeah.
0: things. They have subliminals they have subliminals where subliminal means you you don't hear it directly, but it comes through to your subconscious. They have, you know, just like you said, waterfalls and rain and thunderstorms and all this other kinds of stuff. Meanwhile, it's putting these positive things into your brain. They give you always give you a list of what's being said and stuff like that but they're cool, you know, I mean, you know, it's just, you can go to sleep and stuff. It worked for me many, many years ago. It helped me a lot, actually, just putting something on and just let it loop. And, you know, I go to sleep and uh, it it was very helpful to get me in the right frame of mind, especially when I was real young, (laughs) when I was out there being a wild nut, you know, or just, you know, being rock and roller, you know. Yeah, well,
1: we all have those times in our lives, you know, and we grow, we grow past them, but they're fun while they last, that's for sure.
0: Oh, geez. Yeah. I mean, just all kinds of music and stuff. It's so interesting how many people are sending me these when they send me songs. A lot of times these are old OH age people will send me these songs that have been around for a while. And uh, I, you know, luckily there are some stuff because of indie people that have been able to make it on their own that are starting to put some variety into the music and stuff like this yeah uh,
1: it's really really important because i mean everybody's trying to to fit in instead of stand out and i think that's the problem that we've come to in the across all genres really just like you go and listen to the stuff. And even from the top artists, it just doesn't do anything for me because it's just the same thing I've been hearing forever. And, you know, it's it's hard for our artists to switch a sound because then all the fans are like, why Why are you doing that? We want you to do what we Hey,
0: like. there's been some that have been doing it successfully. I mean, God, Lady Gaga switched about 15 different styles. It depends. But, yes, it's very true. It's happened to a lot of people like that. Uh, yeah, can't argue with that.
1: Yeah, but uh, I think we had a good show today, and uh, we're coming on our time right now.
0: Okay, folks. Well, tune in for the next episode, and uh, remember to check us out and subscribe and follow, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, because et it's the culmination of all the shows that make it all happen.
1: All right, guys. See you.
0: Thanks for watching. Tune in for the next episode. Thank you.